0: Welcome to the of Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 6th of March 2011, entitled, Actions Around an Able Sacrifice. And the Bible readings are taken from Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 to 8, and Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. You'd like to open your Bibles this evening. would like to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Uh, Well, you've got your finger there. Right back to the front of your Bibles to Genesis chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Reading a familiar story, beginning in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, I invite you to stand on the reading of God's Word. God's Word says, And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain. And said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel, And to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. The Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, Seeing lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. Then in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4, the Bible says, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Father, we thank you this evening as we, Lord, have this opportunity to look into your word once again Lord, as we do so, we just pray that you would take and anoint, that you would uh, take and speak the words here this evening, Lord, that need to be spoken through thy servant. You know the hearts. You know what each one needs. We pray that that would come forth, Lord, which would bring glory and honor to you, would meet your purpose in each and every heart, for your glory and your glory alone. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. A little bit of a play on words in our title for... Our message this evening, actions around an Abel sacrifice. And of course, we're reading of this one named Abel, A-B-E-L. But surely as we think this evening, one of these sacrifices was an Abel, A-B-L-E, sacrifice before God, and one was not. One was worthy, and one wasn't. I want us to look at the actions around Abel's faith. We find that, of course, as we have read here in the book of Genesis, uh, Abel uh, was slew by his brother, uh, really out of jealousy when God accepted one sacrifice but not the other. Of course, in Hebrews, as we read of that, it says that Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. But there's two words that precede that, by faith. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. I want us to notice, first of all, that faith always acts in response to God's Word. Faith always acts in response to God's Word. You cannot act in faith unless you first know what it is that God has said, that God has spoken. Faith is not the initiator. It doesn't come up with what to believe. Faith is believing God in what He has said and what He has spoken by faith. Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. You see, Abel was only able to offer that sacrifice by faith because he was offering it in response to God's Word, God's demands. Abel was responding to God's Word. We don't uh, have everything recorded for us in the book of Genesis, But we know when we look at the whole story of Cain and Abel and and Adam and Eve and all that was taking place there, we know with what the New Testament then teaches us about that, Cain and Abel knew what was required of them. They knew what sacrifice they needed to bring. Abel responded according to what God required. But Cain did it his own way. Cain brought his own sacrifice. You can look and you say, well, you know, he brought the first things of his crops that he brought in. He was very genuine and he was very sincere in what he was was bringing to God. The simple truth is, is that was not the requirement that God had placed upon him, though. We can do many things in sincerity. We can bring many things to God. We can sacrifice all kinds of things in this life. But it was by faith that Abel's sacrifice was more excellent than that of Cain. It was because that he was acting in response to God's Word and what God required. We find that we could look back, we want for the sake of time, in the chapter before in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, it was God Himself that set the example for the first sacrifice. Remember, before Adam and Eve committed that sin in the garden, there was no death. Death came with the sin. But who was it that was the first one that came that killed the first animal, sacrificed the first animal, and took its skins and gave it to Adam and Eve for their clothing? It was God himself that had set the example. It wasn't just in words, but it was an example as well. God's Word declares to us today the requirements in the way of sacrifice. You see, many people are going about, and they may genuinely be sacrificing all kinds of things in their life. They could be sacrificing their actions, their time, their possessions. But we find that just as Cain and Abel knew the requirements of God. One was obedient in bringing the sacrifice that God required by faith. Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Turn back just a few pages, still in the book of Hebrews in chapter 9, and I want to just skim a few verses because I want us to recognize that just as surely Just as surely as Cain and Abel knew the requirements of God and what God required, we know those same requirements today. And if our sacrifice is to be acceptable before God by faith, we must act in response to God's Word and what God says and not what we mean and what our intentions are. In Hebrews chapter 9, notice what it says in verse 11 and 12. It says, but Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for." us. The Bible is clear. You know, this is not a sacrifice. This is not something that that man can do. Of all the good that he can do, it's not by the sacrifice of all the, the blood of goats and calves that can be offered up by men, but Jesus Christ by His own blood entered in once, the Bible says, once into the holy place and there was where he obtained eternal redemption for us. Notice just a few verses down, picking up in verse 22, still in chapter 9, he says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are in the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others, Well, then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and to them that look for him shall he appear the second time Without sin unto salvation. In chapter 10, notice beginning in verse 9 Then said he, Lo, I come to do the will, thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool, For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Verse 37 of this same chapter, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But ye are not of them who draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. I'd like you to look at one of the passages in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 says, For he hath made... Him, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. You see, we could look many, many places in God's Word, but we see in these few verses right here, God's Word declares clearly the requirements of God in the way of sacrifice. Cain and Abel knew what God required. And faith could only respond to God's Word, just as today. Faith can only respond to God's words. Jesus Christ is the sacrifice for sin. The Bible teaches us here that we are clothed in His righteousness when we, just as able, respond in faith to God's Word. It was Jesus Christ hanging on the cross on our behalf. It is Jesus Christ now in the presence of God the Father on our behalf these scriptures plainly teach us that He is our righteousness. It is only by faith that we can confess our sins and receive that forgiveness. And only then, clothed in His righteousness, can we be worthy to approach the throne of God Himself. You see, God's Word declares to us His Word, His promises, the promises of a loving Father. Faith acts in response to that. And today, with all of the best intentions in the world, just as with Cain, there is only one sacrifice that is acceptable to God. No matter what, how genuine and how serious that man is, Jesus Christ is the only acceptable sacrifice. Faith, the faith of Abel, acted in response to God's Word. It was by faith that he brought a more excellent sacrifice. Just as surely today, our faith can only act in response to God's Word We must be reminded that all of man's sacrifices and man's intentions are not sufficient. Saving faith. Saving faith can only come by responding to God's requirements. But just as surely as, notice our faith acts in response to God's Word, but then God acts in response to our faith. Our faith acts in response to his word, but he then acts in response to our faith. You see, that's what we see here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. He obtained witness. We read when we read back in Genesis chapter 4 that God had respect to Abel's sacrifice, but he had no respect to Cain's sacrifice. We find here that Abel, by faith, he offered a more excellent sacrifice, and when he acted in faith, responding to God's word, God responded because he Abel obtained witness. Witness was born to him. Abel was acted upon. God communicated to him that his sacrifice was acceptable, that it was well-pleasing. You see, God still communicates to us today through his word, by the power of his spirit. In faith, we act in response to God's word, and then God acts in response to our faith. God responds favorably when we act according to his word. God acts in response to faith, first of all, in salvation. In Acts chapter 16, notice what he says beginning in verse 25. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. The keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. They spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. When he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Well, That's exactly what the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 10, one of the most used passages in all of the Bible, surely in showing men how they can come to Christ. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Of course, in Ephesians chapter 2, Verse 8 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You see, these are just a few of the passages in God's Word that shows us that it is on our part. It is simply us acting upon God's Word. Our faith must respond in belief to what God has said. But then when we respond to what God has said to us, God acts in response to that faith. Our faith will take us to His grace. Only His grace will save us. God acts in response to faith and salvation. Just as surely God acts in response to faith in our worship. You know that many people today want to worship God on man's terms. I'm not going to spend up here spending my time being critical of everyone else. But the simple truth is, is that too many people today they don't come to church to worship God. They don't come to church to magnify Him. They don't come to, to, to praise and glorify His name. They don't come to give to Him. They come for what they can get, what it can do for me, how it can make me feel. That's not worship. People want to be entertained. They want to be made to feel good. They want to be made to feel good about themselves and the lives that they live. Folks, worship is not about what we can get and what it can do for us. We find that worship can only take place when God is approached on his terms, not man's terms. Just as surely he gives us the requirements just as he does with sacrifice. And when we respond accordingly in faith, he will respond favorably to our faith. Anything else? Well, not to be cold, but it just is unacceptable. It's unacceptable to God. So many today have all of their own ways of approaching God. Some may like to use Imagery or idols or different things that they would place up. And they would say that they sincerely love God. They could be very, very sincere in what they are doing. They could be very sincere when they bow down and they worship that image or whatever it might be. Friends, I'm afraid it's not how you feel about worship that's important. It's not how sincere that you think that it might be. But how does God feel about your worship? Are we coming His way? You see, we can't respond in faith to God's Word if we're pushing God's Word away and simply doing it the way that we feel. We look back into Exodus chapter twenty. Exodus chapter 20, and notice, notice what it says here in verse 4. Exodus chapter 20, verse 4 says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. We've talked about these verses just recently in our Wednesday night Bible study, we could look at other places, but all I'm saying is that God maybe gives us the requirements of worship, but then men many times will bypass that and they will do it their own way. I was speaking of this passage with someone earlier today in Second Samuel chapter 6. Second Samuel chapter six. Again, a familiar story, I'm sure, to most of you this evening. Notice, notice, picking up in verse three, they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drave the new cart. They brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God, and Ahio went before the ark. David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps, and on psalteries, and on timbrels, and on cornets, and on cymbals. When they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah. Put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it. Why? For the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. Was Uzzah sincere in what he was doing? Why did he reach forth and touch the Ark of the Covenant? Because it began to shake. He was doing a good thing, wasn't he? He was keeping it from falling to the ground to be broken. And yet, God's requirement for him not to touch it. (laughs) They were going about it their own way. And this sincerity did not override the requirements of a holy God. People can have the best intentions in all the world. Undoubtedly, this man was sincere, and he was genuine in what he did. But folks, that's not sufficient. We need to be sincere. We need to be genuine. But never at the expense of God's Word, of God's way able. It was by faith that he was able to offer a more acceptable sacrifice to God. And the only way that he could do it by faith was in response to God's Word. And when he did it and responded to God's Word, then God responded to his faith and he obtained witness that he was righteous We could look at so many passages. God acts to response. He acts in response to faith. Yes, in salvation, in worship, but he acts in response to faith in our lives. Day by day. Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21 and notice Picking up in verse 18, he says, Now in the morning as he returned into the city, he hungered. When he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. We've talked about prayer and the whole thing before, but what I want you to grasp here this evening is the importance of faith in our lives. They were amazed at what Jesus Christ had done to this fig tree. But what he's simply saying to them, what I've just done to this fig tree is nothing in comparison to what I will do through your life if you're acting by faith. This is not, this is not much of what we say today. This has nothing to do with a lot of the prosperity preaching that is about where things are being asked that it might be consumed upon their own lust for their own selfish reasons, and all of these things. But just because that these are abusing Scripture, that doesn't mean that those Scriptures aren't true and apply to us. When we're walking with God, we can believe God. We can trust God. Our desires will be as His desires. When we can pray, asking and believing and knowing that we're in His will and doing what He wants, The Bible says you can remove mountains. That mountain can be anything in your life right now. But without faith, if you don't believe God, then there's no point in asking. James chapter 1, the Bible says in verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Listen to verse 6, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not the man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your own lust. He's not saying you can pray for anything in the world and just because you say it, it's going to happen. Why? Remember. Faith faith, the faith that Abel used to offer the more excellent sacrifice, that faith could only come in response to God's Word, God's will, what God wanted, God's requirements. His faith could only act. You see, faith isn't just asking for anything because we think it, because we feel it's right, because we're sincere about it. What does God say about it? If we're responding to God's Word, then He will respond to that faith according to His Word. We find that in chapter 5, notice what he says in verse 13. He says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Folks, it's not the oil that's doing any of the healing there. It's not the elders that are doing any of the healing there. He says if they're sick, they're to call for the elders. They are to anoint them with oil and to pray. It's the prayer of faith. Praying according to God's word. Praying according to God's will. God responds to that faith. Just as he did with Abel. And if we only had the time. You see, God acts in response to faith in our lives every day. Believe him by what he says, not because of what you want or what you think. Let your faith be a response to God's word. And when that's the case, God will respond according to your faith. In salvation, yes, thank God. You're here and you don't know that you're saved, he you will. In our worship, in our lives, but also on our lives. You see, men are not used because of who they are men, women, boys, girls, nobody. One of the amazing things as we read down through Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of faith. <laughs> Men like their Hall of Fames. We've got the Hall of Faith. It was by faith that Abel offered it. It was by faith that Enoch was translated. It was by faith that Noah was warned of God. It was by faith that Abraham called out to God. You read right on down. All of these were used of God by faith. You see, God will act upon your life by faith, when we act and live according to his word. So a very simple truth this evening, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4 says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Notice the next words, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Raise your hand if you ever talk to a dead person. (laughs) Raise your hand, but not too high, (laughs) if a dead person's ever talked to you. (laughs) What in the world? That's what he's saying here, though. God testifying of His gifts, and by it, the faith is the it there, by the way, he being dead, yet speaketh. How in the world is Abel still speaking, even though he's dead? Because he's speaking to you and I right here this evening. Because of his faith. You see, faith, true faith, can only act in response to God's Word. And then and only then, God can react in response to that faith. But thirdly, people act in response to a faith in action. In other words, what he's saying right here is that what Abel did by faith How long ago was that? Was that something like 6,000 years ago? I think he's pretty dead by now if he's going to be. And yet his faith is still speaking to you and I today because it's recorded in God's Word that we can read and we can accept. Now, I don't know if you remember what we read there in Genesis chapter 4. Abel's faith got him killed. You see, many today would have us to believe that a life of faith means no troubles, <laughs> no problems, no hitches along the way. I'm saying that Abel is recorded in God's hall of faith, and that his faith is still speaking to us. And that it was by his faith that his sacrifice was the more excellent sacrifice that God was able to respond to and place his righteousness upon him because he had responded to God's Word, to God's requirements. And that man's actions are still speaking to us. His faith still speaks to you and I here tonight. You know, I've never read, Brother Steve, anywhere in the Bible where the Bible says that Cain's offering wasn't a good one. We have no reason to believe that whatsoever. I read nowhere that it wasn't possibly a true sacrifice of the material things that he had. I don't read anywhere that he was insincere in the way that he offered that sacrifice to God. You see, what I'm saying is it can be good. It can be sacrificial. It can be sincere. It could be all those things and still not be acceptable to God because Cain did not offer his sacrifice by faith. It could have been great, fantastic, sincere, sacrificial, but he couldn't do it by faith because he wasn't acting according to what God had said. God said that by faith, Abel offered a more excellent. That's the only thing we're told in all of God's words because his sacrifice, the animal, was according to God's requirement. The blood sacrifice was what God had required. I promise you, though, that it doesn't go down well, and and I'm not going to spend my time trying to correct the world out there, and you needn't either. You start telling people that their sincere worship is in vain. You're not going to get a very good response, probably. <laughs> the simple truth is, is that we have to make sure that what we're doing is according to God's word. Don't worry about everybody else's faith in action. It might provoke might provoke the wrath of the faithless as it did with Cain and Abel. You see, Cain wasn't very happy. He wasn't very pleased. And as a result, he reached out and slew his brother and took his life. When you live by faith, when you act by faith, according to God's Word, it might provoke the wrath of the faithless. But then again, you remember the other account that we read there in Acts chapter 16? You know, with Cain and Abel, it provoked the wrath of Cain. But that's not exactly what happened with the Philippian jailer, is it? I mean, here they are. The earthquake hits. I mean, they're in there singing and praising the earthquake hits and the jailer's ready to kill himself because he figures they've all just run and escaped. No, don't do that. (laughs) We're all still here. You see, their faith in action provoked him to faith. Your faith in action may, may bring the wrath of some But it's that faith in action that will provoke faith in others as well. Faith in action may provoke faith in the faithless, but it may also provoke faith in the faithful. (laughs) For the Philippian jailer, he was a lost man. He saw what God was doing in these men's lives, which was taking place there because of their faith. And it brought him to salvation. When other Christians, when they witness you acting by faith in direct response to God's Word, and then when they see God act favorably in response to your faith, oftentimes that's exactly what is needed to provoke them, to provoke them to act according to God's Word, to be an encouragement to others. You see, faith is the substance of things hoped for. What's the next word? The what? Evidence of things not seen. Faith is the the substance. It's the very support. In other words, it's like, you know, (laughs) If I take take that hat right there, you know, the simple truth is, is that that hat can be real and it can be there. Faith is the substance. Faith is what supports it. It's what holds it. It It's what lets it be there. You see, you can see that hat because my head's the substance of it right now. (laughs) That's what's supporting it. That's what's holding it in place. That's why it's there. Now, if I could make my head disappear, what would happen to that hat? Some <laughs> of you wish my head would disappear, right? <laughs> There'd be nothing to hold it. <laughs> There's nothing to support it. There's nothing left to keep it there. All of our hope, faith is the substance for hope, but it's the evidence of things not seen. You see, it's when we, I want you to grasp and just be encouraged this evening of what can be accomplished by faith, by an able faith. It may bring the wrath of some, but it may also bring others to saving faith. And it may be the encouragement to some other Christian needs in seeing God work in your life. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. When things are done by faith, when faith is what has brought them about, then we begin to realize, we begin to see the results of it, the real assurance of our faith. That's why that the only assurance anybody can ever have, the only real assurance of their faith, comes in response to the assurance of God's Word. God testifying of His gifts. We're not told exactly what God did there. But Abel knew that his sacrifice had been accepted. and Cain knew that his had not. Abel was assured. Cain was angry. Cain was upset. You see, your real assurance is going to come in God's Word. When you know that you're acting according to His Word, Faith embraces truth, the truth of God's promises, the assurance to our heart. I give you these two verses in closing this evening in the Gospel of John, chapter 6. The Gospel of John, chapter 6. He says to us in verse 37. Jesus said, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. See, if you need the Lord this evening, he's not going to cast you away. He's there with outstretched arms. In 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 20, for if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. God is greater than our heart, and God knows all things. The Bible says. God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. You know this evening that God knows your needs better than you know them yourself? God knows why you do something better than you yourself know it. The simple truth is, is that with all the sincerity and all the truth that is there. May that sincerity and that truth be that which is wrapped in God's truth so that when we are responding to God's Word by faith, that it will be acceptable to God because He will respond to our faith according to His Word, and it will cause the people around us to respond to that faith in action as God is in our lives. A simple verse, by faith Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, And by it, he being dead, yet speaketh his faith still speaking to you and I today. Father, we thank you as we look into your word. Lord, as we look into your word, we're reminded that, Lord, within ourselves, we have our limitations. Within ourselves this evening, I know that many here, myself, may be physically tired but at the same time lord we recognize that there is that one within us that knows our hearts and knows all things and father he is greater than all that might come against us in this world we're here in this congregation this evening i would pray that if there would be one that does not know jesus christ as their lord and savior Lord, we know God's requirements. Those requirements can only be met in His Son, Jesus Christ. So therefore, this evening, Lord, the only faith that is going to be true saving faith, is Lord, when one responds according to Your Word, in response to Your Word, and I pray if there be one here this evening that does not have that assurance of knowing without a shadow of a doubt that they're saved and born again. Oh, I pray that you would help them, Lord. I pray that you would move in their hearts right now. And Father, for every one of your children that is here, just to be reminded, Lord, Lord, we have your word. We have all of your promises. And Lord, there may be some big mountains. There may be all kinds of things that, obstacles in our way in this life. But we can still respond to your word by faith. We can believe and trust and hope. And, Lord, we know that according to your word, you'll respond to our faith. And, Lord, that it will bring a response from those around us. Help us, Lord, to be a people of faith. Help our faith to be truly based on your word, your truths, not our desires and not our wants. May you work through our lives. May, Lord, maybe even after these bodies are dead and decayed, may our faith live on to be a witness and a testimony to others. For in Christ's name we pray. Amen.